Paging Dr. Seiler, Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. You know, it's interesting. Uh, always, I always think Bill Keevan. He did the I opening. Know. He did okay. the opening for the show. Bill Keevan, a longtime friend and producer of mine and all my, my past shows. But he said uh, you can hear this where the better podcasts are found. Found. Right. Are we considered a better I'm not sure. No, we can just be found. Us? That's why we're with no, them. No, we all hang out in the same place. Are we That's not a all. better podcast? I'm not sure. Birds of a feather, you know? Right, right. Some of the good podcasts, if you look there, you're bound to bump into us. Somewhere. Somewhere. Hey, thanks for joining us, uh, Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We have Nikki Ward in the house, our Megalennial. We also have Justin Kenny, This Just In. And we had a, a lot of This Just In. This yes. week, a lot of stuff going on, and of course, uh, more specifically, we talk about the Fed, which did their thing one more time, which was the ninth straight meeting of rate hikes, which equates to 19, if you were to use 25 basis or one quarter point increments, that would be 19 rate hikes. And actually, this week is one year ago, this week, the Fed started their uh, started us their rampage. Time. Yeah. <laughs> The rampage. They decided it wasn't transitory any longer. <clears throat> oh, I missed that word. Yeah. I miss. I do. I miss. It, they were. I miss the drinking games. They were better times. And now, now it's AI. AI. You oh, hear AI. My, my father. Eighteen times a day. Was like, hey, have you had any people that have wanted to invest in AI? I was like, Dad, stop talking. They're the same people that want to invest you, in no. NFTs. Mm-hmm. The crypto. crypto uh, GameStop. GameStop. The the meme stocks. AMC. Yep. How's a uh, Bed Bath and Beyond working out for you? Exactly. I saw. I saw that uh, Jack Dorsey's tweet mm-hmm. that he sold off. He's a brilliant man. Sold that NFT for two and a half million dollars. I thought I'd heard that His first tweet. Right? Nobody's yes, nobody's willing to. I, the person that bought it for two and a half million is putting it up for auction. And I thought somebody, one of you guys, said that they couldn't even get three hundred bucks for it. I would gladly pay three hundred bucks for it for an NFT. Yeah, because I think it's you could say, "Hey, I, I think, bought Jack Dorsey's first tweet." Yeah, you know, I think that that sort of just plays into your. Did he just convert? No, you know, no, he, no. His opportunistic sense of he doesn't want to miss out on the opportunity, and he's willing 300 to gamble three hundred dollars. It's three hundred bucks. I spend that in a dinner. Yeah, right. You know? I've blown I, it on stupider things I have, before. I have seen him waste <laughs> that. But three hundred bucks. <laughs> it's not three hundred. I heard something now. It's like sixty-eight thousand. Oh, that's too much. No way. way I would too never. Much. Uh, yeah, that that is worth three hundred bucks to me. <laughs> that's about if all. That. Uh, you know, I don't even know that. I it's can worth. still go on the internet and look at it. But now, who cares? You, know, you could still go and try and buy that that digital home next to Snoop Dogg. Oh, I don't know if that property's still there. <laughs> Somebody's probably selling it for a haircut. Oh, jeez. 
I that, wonder. Think about the I'm going to print out the first tweet and give it to you know Lee for his birthday and frame it in a frame for him. This is why I, I wish... I do Twitter, so I... <laughs> this I don't is, do Twitter. This is why I wish Jared was here. He would he would look into it as soon as it came up. You know, he would have an... Oh, that, that property now is worth half, you know? I, I think Nerd. people that, that got on this NFT craze the last couple of years are really, really miserable about it. Well, look at, look at like, honestly, it's like Charlie Munger said about crypto. This is this is seriously Emperor's new clothes. This is ridiculous. No, <sighs> I love how crotchety he is. Yes. I know. But Donald Trump is he's actually... He's 90-something years a, old. Yeah, but still. See, he's earned it. But I will say that Donald Trump is a benefactor of this because with the, the rumors of his looming arrest, his NFT line has just skyrocketed. People are buying it up like crazy, so... Yeah, idiots. Fun fact. Why? Because there are just a lot of, I don't want to. There's also an AI generated photo of him being arrested, which did not happen. To which wasn't clear, real, right. Which was not real, but it just goes to show how scary some of these like deep fakes and AIs can potentially be for misinformation. It was supposed to happen on Tuesday, I thought. Well, that Allegedly. was what he said. Yeah. Who knows? Something, something delayed. Anyway, well, anyway, whatever. I don't care. Whatever, whatever it was, it's working because we're talking about it right, right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Well, we're going to be talking about some other things because there's some important stuff going on within the markets. And, you know, the Fed, of course, they are doing their job. They uh, are fighting inflation. They are doing everything in their power and, and the tools that they have accessible to them to fight inflation. And that main tool now is rate hikes. Yeah, and the banking now, crisis is helping them, though. Yep. And that's a thing. A few weeks ago, it was a better than 50-50 chance that the Fed would rate 50 basis points this past Wednesday. And then we saw the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature and, and uh, First Republic have their issues and the bank collapses. And that did a little bit of the Fed's work for them. The Fed raised 25 basis points. The probability based on the Fed's fund, Fed fund futures, which is options traders, mm -hmm. right. it looks to me, and I've seen them, I saw them yesterday, no, those change quickly. Yeah. It was a 50-50 probability the Fed will raise rates again in May. And 50-50 in June. Hmm. That's what I saw. Then I saw uh, Jeffrey Gunlock, and he is with Double Line Capital. He's a, a you know asset management firm. They he said that the bond market is screaming that a recession is imminent, and he sees the Fed Reserve, uh, Federal Reserve, starting to lower rates in the near future. He's calling it a red alert recession signal that the Fed will be cutting rates soon. Now. I want to say this. Jeffrey Gunlock is a smart guy, and I believe the signals that he's looking at, which is that yield curve, mm -hmm. I think he's spot on, on there. On the short end of the yield curve. I think he's but, We'll talk about that. I think he's spot on there. But, I, I mean, honestly, truth be told, if he is spot on and we're discussing the, the, the imminent arrival of a recession, is that such a bad thing for the simple reason that it's finally going to convince the Fed that it's cooled off enough to quit? raising rates I, well and that's the thing is i i don't i agree with him on his signal i don't agree that the fed will start cutting rates soon yeah it, i don't i don't see that well so Paul came out and said we do not foresee rate cuts in right. 2023 he has said he has done what he said he's going to do he has so far i just don't know why we don't listen to him like we listen to him we we focus so hard on what he says but we don't actually take it into consideration we we continue to think he's going to do what he says he isn't going to do. not going to do exactly it's, and I just, it's bananas to me. It's annoying. <laughs> it's really is annoying. There, is there a chance here? And this is this is where I, I'm, you know, the data is getting better. We are seeing deflation in these numbers. Is it going to be a time? Now we're one year in. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So it's take now that time is getting there. And they always said, hey, it's going to take yeah. six to 12 months for the numbers to get king. Can we see now a snowball of deflation? Is it all of a sudden we wake up one month and the numbers go, oh, wow, we're down to 4% inflation or three and a half? I think the Fed, the, the fact that the Fed is looking for still 2%, I think that's uh, lofty. It's, it's a lofty goal yeah. and it's a pipe dream. Right. I, I don't see that being a possibility. That just seems too. I, I don't. It, what's the. You can't say bullish on the. It's too. Um, optimistic. Optimistic. Yeah. It, uh, or pessimistic. The opposite or of optimi- chicken little. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see that happening. Okay. I'm in the camp that the Fed will cut rates this year. I think by I the, think end, of by the, the year, end of the year. A, a, I, a, I see a Christmas gift sure. of 25 basis points in December. I could see it. I mean, they've, done, they've done an about face pretty quickly before. So. They have. They have done about faces pretty quickly. But I. Here, the question is, I guess, the market, and let me just go on with what um, Jeffrey Dunlop was saying. The yield curve between the two-year and the 10-year was inverted. It got to 107 basis points, which meant that the short-term rates were 107, meaning one, over 1% higher than the long-term rate. Mm-hmm. That I just checked it again before we got on the air here, and that is tightened to 40 basis points. So what's happening is the long end of the curve is coming down, and so is the short end. It's all coming mm-hmm. down, but now it's 40 <laughs> basis points. And when the long end of the curve starts going down, it says that there's something going on in the economy, and mm-hmm. that is slowing. We'll see what happens. I mean, I just, I don't, who knows? <laughs> the winded sort of response just sort of leads me to believe that she's just like, whatever. I'm just so whatever. Like, trying to call this recession if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen, if it already happened. Or I'm like, whether or not it even just, really matters. Because I don't think it does. It doesn't. I, and I we're mean, not going to know we're in it until 16 months when the NBER dating committee tells us what, that we were in it. Right. And you can retroactively go back and go, oh, man, I was stupid. I missed that. Right. No. So, so what does this mean for the average consumer investor? If there is a recession or not, it means start paying down your high interest debt. It's, you know, making sure that your investments are something that are adequately, you know, addressed to your risk tolerance, your time horizon. Don't pick your, your 401k allocation based on what did well last year. Right. Because last year was a real shit year. Different. It was a different and environment. It was a different environment. So let's talk real quick. Uh, we are recording this podcast. It is being aired on March 27th. That's a Monday. We're recording it, however, Friday morning at uh, 10.25 a.m. on Friday, March 24th. And so far this week, the markets, even though despite all that's going on in the in the banking crises that we've seen, and I, I don't want to call them, sorry, I shouldn't call it a crisis. Crisis. It's not a it's chaos. It's not a crisis. It's just um, we had a few banks. New and I think, cycle. I, it, it, yeah. And I don't think it's contagion. I think it's kind of you have limited some bad actors. Yeah. But you're naive. I, again, I think you'd be naive to think there's not a few more out there that's oh, probably yeah. on the verge. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it would be naive to to sort of think that this doesn't have a lot to do with that that Charlie Munger quote about? cryptocurrency being Charlie Munger what is I, funny I, I love it I, I really on. no it's it's like if you had two grandpas that were still alive <laughs> love them the wait, one, wait, that, the, one that's kind of, the one that's kind of an asshole the one yeah. the one you don't really want to be around and then Uncle Warren he's way nicer he's smiley he's like sweet, right brings McDonald's now, the, if you had to, Charlie older I, he's got to be. <laughs> I mean, he's. I think he looks a hundred. Yeah, he he looks like he Warren's only eight in the eighties. I thought Warren was like near ninety. 
I just I think that honestly, I equate them both to like the mean grandpa and the nice grandpa. But <laughs> but you can't like really look too much into the nice grandpa because you tell him you want to go to Disney and he'd say, oh, no, we can't do that right we now. We can't afford it. And then you'd see pictures of him at Disney with his other grandkids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how I look well, at them. In case you don't know, Charlie Munger uh, is a uh, top dog. Warren Buffett's yeah, bestie. His right-hand right man. man, Warren Buffett. Warren's 92. Oh, he is 92. So, yeah. so Charlie's older than that? I don't know. Check that age. Because he's got to be 102. Yeah, it, I would say. I he, know he's he, not. I'm being he, facetious. He, he, he looks like Warren Buffett's uncle. But while she's looking that up, let's talk about what the markets have done this week, and inclusive of today. So I'll give you those numbers first. Today, the Dow Jones down. And we, again, we've only been open not even 30 minutes. The Dow Jones. 106. He's 99. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. It does. Wow, I was kind of joking when I said 100. He, he looks every bit of 100. <laughs> He's earned it. Yeah, he did. He's seen some shit. He has. Wow. He's 99. I can't. And he seems sharp as a tack. But, he but does. Honestly, does imagine, he do? imagine being it's a so fly sh- on the wall in the office when those two are hanging out. Like what? I what would love to go drinking with them. Drinking? I, what, Metamucil? <laughs> <laughs> and every year you can. You can bid on a on lunch with Warren Buffett. Yeah, it's like a $100,000 right. starting bid. Right. No. So let's talk about, uh, you know, market's been open about an hour here on Friday the 24th. Uh, we're seeing the Dow recovering a little bit. It's down 150 at 31,955. The S&P down 16 at 39,32. The NASDAQ down 55 at 11,731. Small cap stocks also down. Markets are all down about 40 a point four percent. I call it forty basis points. And um, for You're not the week, four tenths of one percent for the week. I'm sorry. You're not going to four tenths of one percent. No, I, I say forty basis points, four tenths of one percent. I, I, I can, I can do fractions if you'd like, but I'm not going to deal with that right now. I don't think I can do them anymore. I think I, I lost it. it. I know I can I love do fractions. some. I think I lost them for the week. Despite all that's going on, the Dow is up fractionally. When I, I'm talking point two percent, the S and P up 0.2%, the NASDAQ up 0.6%, the Russell's down one5 Okay, so small caps, because that we maybe because that drop in rates were, were down a little bit. But keep in mind that um, the, the market doesn't seem to really care. I mean, the market is certainly has a mind of its own, and the market is fighting the Fed right now, I think. The market feels a bit like a petulant child. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's I a mean, good point. Yeah, it's just no. throwing a temper tantrum. It and it's, 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 it's like reactionary. It's hands over his ears yeah. like, la, 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 I'm not listening. Yeah. Well, the market's reactionary. Yeah. You know, if it senses you might be headed one way, it's going to frivolously jump. Right. You know. So w- what are clients to do in this in this climate? So uh, let's talk about that. I think the fact that rates potentially could start being eased, either if, if certainly not at the end of this year, I think certainly in 2024 we'll start seeing rate cuts. I think that puts you back in growth mode. So I'm not saying today go out and buy growth stocks, although they've had a pretty good start mm-hmm. to the year. But I think that at some point, maybe mid-year, you start buying some of these growth ideas and growth n- names that you like, knowing that a year from now when they start cutting rates, they're going to come back in favor. And they may start be starting doing that now. And I love the idea, too, of just do a half position, yeah, you know, half right. of what you think right. th- that you want to put in there. Don't try and catch a falling don't, knife. Don't let FOMO be your right, enemy. Right, right. Get on the elevator. Right. But we're still a fan of the value and the dividend achievers. We like that companies that pay their dividends mm-hmm. and, and giving some of their money back to the investors. Love that. But more specifically, I, I'll go into a sector which I think 
probably is screaming us to buy, and that's the and we did do some last week. The financials, yeah, I think the financials have now got to a point where they're really, really cheap, and I'm more specifically talking about the money centers or the yes. bigger banks. Big, I, big f- financials. I'm not, not going out there and placing a bet on a regional. I, I'm not going to do that right now, although I saw some buy recommendations come out for PNC, and they are a regional, but they are a really big regional. Okay. Well, the, not all regionals should the, be treated equally. The, no, the P does stand for Pittsburgh, so that says regional. <laughs> it's Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania? I think it's I think it's Pittsburgh because they were out of Pittsburgh, but maybe it's Pennsylvania. I thought it was Pennsylvania maybe. National. Maybe. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Still a little bit regional. <laughs> you know? It is. It is. But I, I do think that, and we, we picked up some Bank of America. I picked up a fund that owns financials because you're getting them at a severe haircut. And, mm-hmm. again, there's a disconnection. And I think that this crisis with those three banks that we talked about earlier in the program is causing this disconnection, which disconnections usually create opportunity. When I when I think about a disconnection, I see one. I'm opportunity. I don't yeah, think about it a, as a you disconnection. Get that, you I'm get like, that jumpy okay, how feeling. do I take advantage of this? Yeah, you right. get that jumpy feeling in your stomach. Exactly. Like, I, I don't want to miss it. And we talked about this. I was on uh, on we taped a show yesterday with Justin Warmoth, Channel Six. Uh, locally here in Orlando, it's the weekly, you know, air 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning. On I got a DVR to it'll, not it'll, be up. It'll, it'll air before you guys listen to this. To this. Yeah. So if you were watching yesterday, <laughs> yes, you saw the stock doctor. Right. That's it. And yes. I'm sure you could still find it on our Facebook page because we're going to post it we're after. Post it. Yes. Well, we talked about sectors, and I think that the banking sector is probably an opportunity. Uh, along with healthcare. I still think that healthcare is going to be kind of recession-proof. And I did mention that at some point, these tech stocks, the growth arena down the road, mm-hmm. when rates start getting a little bit lighter on on the on the downside, we're going to take some some shots there. Yeah, and I also think too, as we see this banking turmoil play out and lending is going to tighten, these companies that are sitting on so many piles of cash that are essentially banks themselves are really going to do well because they don't have to go to a bank in order to finance operations. Right. And keep in mind now what this has done. The prime rate is now 8%. When you go out and get home, crazy. A home, I know, a I home know. equity line of credit or something, yeah. it's prime plus. Right. Prime, when the rates were zero, was three. Right. So now prime plus was eight plus whatever. Right, whatever. Whatever the bank wants to charge you. So prime rate is 8%. Wow. wow. Now is not the time to go out and finance things. Well, I mean, I put things into perspective. It it feels that way because money's been so cheap for so long. But the reality is that if you, you know, were buying houses and living and using credit in the seventies and eighties, and this still isn't that bad. Well, it is no, to this historically generation. speaking to this generation who whose house whose home prices including, including me. Yeah. Are spoiled brats. I, I my generation X were were pretty spoiled by low interest rates. Sure. Okay, you but know? U.S. existing house prices saw their first dip in eleven years. The median price dropped from three hundred sixty three to three or three hundred sixty three thousand seven hundred to three hundred sixty three thousand dollars. That is a much different arena than when your first uh, house cost sixty five thousand dollars. My house lost seven. My yeah. my house lost seven hundred dollars. Yeah. <sighs> well. You got to look at it this way. It's a night job here. It's I not really. I don't think it's housing prices that the Fed is necessarily looking at, chasing after. I think it's rents. No, it's the rents, and that's much stickier. That's a big portion of the inflation numbers. It is, and they're coming down slightly in certain areas. And think about this. So, 
we are in the anniversary of one year ago the Fed started raising rates. It, does your lease, can they raise their rates anytime you, you, no. No. They can't raise their rate. You have a lease. Right. Some people have a one year. Some people have an 18 month, whatever the mm-hmm. case is. And that, this next new cycle of leases are probably going to give relieve a little bit of that pressure. And that's what the Fed wants to see. Well, I'm hoping so. But, I mean, it's not like they have the opportunity to become homeowners for the most part. I mean, and it's not like we're just sitting on a surplus of homes. No, but apartments. They're, not sitting on a surplus up, of those. But they're going up everywhere. They are. They're, they're, I mean, they're going up a little bit quickly. too fast and furious. They're going up quickly. So, you know, earlier this week, Goldman Sachs, they said on Monday, they did not expect any rate hike. Okay. Hmm. I don't know what got them thinking Why, that way. What, what, tell me something. Yes. Why would they go out on a limb that way before the meeting and, and say, hey, uh, you know what? We don't think this is going to happen. Because nobody's talking about it now. The opportunity but to be if right. They, if they were right. They were the only ones calling it. But doesn't that sort of paint the picture of who they really are? I don't know, man. I don't like it. I don't. I, I think that if you go out there to try to make a headline before it happens and it doesn't work out, you should get blown up. Oh, if that would happen, Jim Cramer would be out of a job. But that's what I would love. I, I mean, you come on. Both. Meanwhile, Citi said that the Fed will continue to raise the benchmark Fed funds rate. They have a target of five and a half to five seventy-five. Well, that's interesting target. because because of the dot plot, seven of the 18 Fed officials who submitted their estimates see rates up going higher than the 5.1% terminal rate. So there is discourse amongst just the Fed committee themselves. Well, here, keep in mind, if we see these inflation numbers go down, that's like the Fed doing it's effectively it's effectively working. Right. They did their job. They don't necessarily have to raise rates. Right. They could leave them here for a while if we're seeing substantial decreases in these inflation. And that's what I would like to see. I would like to see a pause. I would like to see the ramifications of the 19 <laughs> rate hikes that we've seen in a year do their what, job. What they were supposed to do. Right. Think about yeah. this. 19 rate hikes, but it took them nine times to do it. Yeah. And one year. You say my generation is impatient. Yeah, he he was impatient. Well, transitory. So let's go. Um, so we like those sectors. I, you know, we we said, hey, we keep in mind, don't go out and buy Bank of America if it's not suitable for you. If you can't assume single stock risk, we just think it's an opportunity. Another one out there we do like, and and uh, I think I I do own Bank of America personally. Is Schwab? I think Schwab is really a good one, and I think Nikki, you own that one. Mm-hmm. I own that one as well. I think that's a, a really unique opportunity. They are they are strong, and now with this merger with TD, yep. it's going to make them the biggest player in the game. Right. So I just think that they and they love the money management business. Yeah. And to me, this is a legacy position. I don't think I will ever sell my Schwab. Really? I think I'll hold on to it for. I think we can have significant upside. I, I'm not going to marry this one. I think it's uh, to me. It's, I've proposed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna date We're it engaged. for a while. Yeah. I'm gonna We're date engaged. it for a while. We can break it off at any point. So uh, that's the problem with your generation. <laughs> Non-committal. Everything is just so easy to step away from. Also, meanwhile, has anybody taken a look at Apple lately, which is our number one holding? Well, because it's our number one holding, yeah, we have. Yeah, that that <laughs> stock has really acted extremely well over the last few weeks, which the also apple of our eye. Yeah. which also leads you to, that's because rates are kind of dropping. We have now the ten-year Treasury at three thirty-six. Mm-hmm which is way below where it was. And it gives relief to those growth stocks because it's about the future earnings. Because it's not just Apple. Google's made a little bit of a move. Mm -hmm. Amazon's made a little bit of a move. Netflix had its best best day in in years. So we're starting to see money flow there. And technically, I see Apple, I I see a gigantic uh, and very powerful reverse head and shoulders that is formed and confirmed. 
and you got a moving average uh, cross too, a golden cross. So all that leads me to believe that maybe those NASDAQ 100 type stocks, the big technology stocks, have bottomed. Remember, they started going down before the S&P. Right, right. They were going they were, down they November. Were on the edge, right. November 21 is when they hit their high, and the S&P hit January 4th, mm-hmm. 22. So they were a couple months ahead of time. So maybe this is telling us the markets are looking the bottom. So what if we're in that, that cycle where the markets have bottomed? It's, it's actually the third year of a new presidential cycle. We actually do have the kind of year that we think we may have. Bottom of the eighth. Yeah. And maybe we, seventh we, inning stretch. We see maybe a little end of the year Santa Claus rally gets well, us back up to where we want to be. I think that we certainly see a, a single high single digit returns for the year. If the rate, if the Fed starts cutting rates, bets are off. We're double digit returns. Yeah. My opinion. Um, But if we continue just mindlessly, in my opinion, (laughs) raising, raising, jacking it up, we're we're in for trouble. I mean, but earnings, here's the concern is earnings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When people get fear of a recession. And the other situation with the with the bank, the three banks that went under chaos is not just chaos is tightening of credit. Mm hmm. The Fed has said they see that to be a potential issue, but that may do the Fed's job for themselves. Exactly. And I think is if inflation does pull back, we'll be singing and joyful and happy. Happy again. The sunny days are here again. So and the other thing is we are in all of our portfolios, really, um, when I say all, I say for the majority of them, we are adding some protected type funds. We do love using Funds that give us some kind of downside protection. It seems like uh, almost every single portfolio we have. I want you to be specific about this. I, I I don't want you to be overly specific because this isn't an offer. You right. know, I don't want people to think we're telling them to go buy this. But I want you to, to kind of go into detail about some of the products that we're seeing because things have evolved significantly. Yeah, I mean, we we can get protection of 10, 15, 20, 30 percent protection on the S and P five hundred. The S and P five hundred for a period of twelve to fifteen months. So you can actually eliminate the downside to a certain extent. To the first ten to thirty percent, depending on which one you have. Now, of course, the less protection you have, the more upside they get. Potential you can have. Right. Because they do have to cap out you know, you can't have it all. You can get some protection. They have to limit how well, much you can make on the upside. I think the curious thing is people hear these things and it gets a little bit complicated. You're trying to wrap your mind around it. Maybe you're behind the wheel or you're working or you're doing you know, some of those things. But the reality is that ultimately what this does is it gives a little bit of extra protection. It, give, it says, hey, listen, if the market goes down between now and a year from now, X amount, you'll be responsible for none of the down. But if it goes up, you'll get. A percentage of the up. Yeah, you, I got to tell know? you, it's really saved our portfolios. Yeah. And so we've seen over the history of the S&P 500, on average, it does 8 to 10%. All of the things that we're talking about would provide potentially upside of 8 to 10% with the downside protection. Yeah. Right. If you can have equity-like returns and also be able to sleep at night knowing that your portfolio isn't going to be down 10% if the market is. And the best part about okay. it is that this these sort of things have been available for a while, but they were always in an insurance wrapper, and mm-hmm. mostly that right. was an insurance salesman sort of situation, but it's not anymore. Additionally, something that is exciting about it as but far wait. as the— But wait, there's but wait, more. There's more. If you hold it for that one year— Yeah. 
you don't have to repurchase it after that year, causing a tax implication. It's tax efficient. It is so tax efficient. So for the non-qualified people, right. the people that right. are you know investing without the wrapper of an IRA or a four hundred one, no tax implications. So we encourage you if you if you are concerned about your portfolio, you're not sure what to do, you'd like to find out about some of these ways to uh, have some sense of protection. In the some portfolio, insulation, right? Give us a call four zero seven eight three one eight zero zero two. That's four zero seven eight three one. Eight zero zero two. We did have a listener question, but I think I answered it. Alex, uh, Alex Movito, he um, he asked. I see the bank stocks get hit, ha- got hit hard. Would you recommend picking some shares up of these stocks, and which one? So, um, Alex, I think we talked about that. We uh, we picked and up. We picked up for some clients in Bank of America, and there's some funds out there. If you'd like to know which funds that we picked up, again, call the office. We'll talk to you about it. Four zero seven eight three one eight zero zero two. Also, there are some 401ks we are able to use those protected ETFs. That's big. Those funds. That's Golden. big. Right. That is huge. 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 You are listening to this Stock Doctor's Prescription. We'll be back next week. We ask everybody to join us then. Love you, mean it. Hey. Hey.